0: Does everybody know what time it is? Time to fire up the grill for some good old-fashioned corn on the cob. That's right, it's grunt work. And Isaiah Thomas. Ooh. Listening to Gruntwork,
1: your all inclusive
0: podcast about the TV series Home Improvement. I'm Truman, the pitman, caps, and with me, as always, is Landon, the sleeve man, Solano. Ah. and coincidentally, not wearing sleeves right now. Well, I mean, they're short sleeves. Oh, I do have, I yeah, mean, uh, yeah the not- vet, my vest is not sleeved. Though. Yeah, D- please don't picture the two of us sitting here in wife beaters uh, in a <laughs> in a cramped little kitchen with a couple Bud Lights. No, we have sleeves on our shirts. Also want to point out, uh, I was just watching um, the Mr. Science Theater, The Return, yes. again, and there's a favorite line of mine in Star Crash where a uh, character <laughs> says uh, get the arm tubes and... <laughs> They go, what are arm tubes? Sleeves? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's also a really good setup for Servo to make a joke because his arms yeah. are PVC tubes. Yeah, right. Uh, so welcome back to the Mystery Science Theater cast where we talk <laughs> about... Uh, how many times have you gone through the new season, by the way? Well, I think I'm on my fifth go-round. You are watching the new season as intently as I watched the first 10 seasons yeah. in 17-year absence. Well, it's just a comfort food, you know? It's oh, like... So uh, it's, it's the thing that, you know, now that I've watched it, Thoroughly the first time, uh, and the fact that Netflix has taken Futurama, my go to fall asleep oh. show off the air, um, I just need something to like put on for half a second to you know engage me while I fall asleep, get that I- that sweet sweet blue light to make me have a restless sleep for the. <laughs> <laughs> rest of the evening i have i have fucked with the settings on my tv in my room like yeah. i have a preset that i set it to that has all of the tint and color turned way yeah. down so i can put on an mst3k and have it not be super blue light sure, yeah. on my face it's still not great but <laughs> you know that's what we do indeed yeah, um, you make sacrifices for your 90s television <laughs> so truman i have a bit of a story for you oh tell me a story i've been waiting um so a buddy of mine is a professional juggler. Yes. And uh he has done a few television performances. Yeah. He recently was flown out. Um, he signed an NDA. I did not, oh, uh, nice. so I, I can disclose everything. Yeah, I'm assuming you agreed to nothing. <laughs> exactly. Uh, he was flown out to be on the Gong Show. Oh my uh, gosh! ABC has uh, revamped it with uh, Mike Myers playing a character named Tommy Maitland, <laughs> um, <laughs> which just a, just a poor step in for uh, Chuck Barris. Though, <laughs> uh, anyhow. We, um, a, another friend of his and me got to um, sit in the audience uh, during the, the show. He got us VIP tickets, mm-hmm. and um, the it was very funny to me, because it was the first time that I've been at a taping since we started this podcast, Yeah, and uh, I don't know if it was just that um, we were in the VIP section, or if maybe we were more animated than other people, but... Quite a lot of the time, the camera was trained on us oh for reaction shots. <laughs> and when it first happened, I'm like, "Oh God, I'm going to be on TV." You know, I, I've had reaction shots on TV before, but um, not to brag or anything. But I've had <laughs> is a few is reaction shots. Is it to brag about? I don't. know. Day. I mean, no one's made a gif of me at any. It's not like that. That uh, that gif of that guy going through that big experience where he's like you know his face lights up. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, all, the, all the sports, uh, all the sports spectator gifs. Yeah. <laughs> um. But anyhow, so when it, when it really, uh initially uh, uh was the camera was on us, I was like, "Oh god, we're going to be on camera." Then I was like, "This is the perfect time to do an homage to Home Improvement. <laughs> 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 to Tool Time particularly." Yeah. So the second time that the camera came around to us, you know, they're asking for us to give these big reactions of like, "Oh, you love that act, So, you know, you give us a big like uh, uh round of approval for it. And so when uh, the camera swung back around to us, I started whooping my fist in the air (laughs) like no one has done since 1993. Uh... Just to just to do an homage to the home improvement audiences. Did did you wish that you had like this is why you need to carry a wadded up tool time hat in your pocket at all times. So if you're going to be in a reaction shot, you can just put it on really. Quick. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that's that's pretty that's pretty good. I mean, do you think uh, do you think people watching that are do you think there's going to be one person watching the Gong Show who's like, wait a second, I get what he's doing. Yes, it's going to be the editor, and then he's going to trash that clip. <laughs> So it probably won't make the live uh, the live episode, but uh, I at least can share that with uh, with our listeners here. You know, it'll either be the editor or it will be me watching the Gong Show. <laughs> uh, or wouldn't it be funny if you got gonged off for just your spectating sir being an audience member? Like, no, sir. Yeah. We've never done this before, but I'm sorry, you have to leave. Yeah, you cannot do Arsenio Whoops <laughs> in 2018. That's that is one sort of high spirited tomfoolery that we will not accept on this show. You are the weakest link, Gong. (laughs) (laughs) was the weakest link on for more than a season or has that that catchphrase just i mean i think it was on for a couple seasons here but i mean i think it's still on over in britain i mean it's a very popular show fucking england get your shit together they love their game shows over there man yeah we love our game shows here we have like good ones and stuff the weakest link was reverse engineered from a catchphrase i feel like (laughs) i don't know
1: uh, but uh, uh, that, that's ex- that's exciting. I'm yeah. glad you
0: brought the uh, the home improvement into the 21st century more so than we already do. Well, you know, uh, I was just thinking um, about bringing home improvement into the 21st, nay, 20. 20- 3rd century, and uh, was wondering if you had an update on uh, your XCOM missions. Oh, yes, yes, Truman's uh, XCOM corner. Yeah, uh, refresh us as to what the situation is here. Well, the situation, folks, is there's a video game called XCOM 2 War of the Chosen that I play, which is a uh, tactical uh, turn-based strategy game (laughs) in which you recruit um. Okay, let me back up. Uh, it is the future. Aliens have conquered Earth and installed a uh, dystopian puppet government. You play as a, the commander of a plucky band of rebels who are trying to fight back control of Earth. You recruit soldiers, you put them into battle, you command them over time. They either die horribly, or if they don't, they gain experience yeah. and get new abilities. Uh, so, I have built the entire cast of Home Improvement into my game of XCOM 2 War. You of the can Chosen. create characters and yes. they go into a character pool that you recruit over the course yeah, of the game. and they will be kind of, you can have the opportunity to bring them yeah. on board. So, I've put the entire cast of Home Improvement in there, also the whole cast of Cheers.
1: And uh,
0: <laughs> so, I, I talked a little bit about it during our season two spectacular, and then uh, XCOM struck at me and uh, deleted that save file. So, I've done a mulligan, oh, no. got the whole uh, the gang back yeah. together. So I've been playing for a while, and just some quick updates. I could talk about this game all day, but I will not. <laughs> so Wilson, uh, on his first mission out, uh, took a laser to the face oh. and died. Critical hit. Really sorry about that, Wilson. Depending on where it hit him, we might not ever know, though. I mean, if it's, <laughs> if it's from the nose down, he could still fulfill his role in Home Improvement. And certainly I built his character with a bandana that covered the <laughs> lower half of his face. good, good. And good. one with a vertical pattern that looked like fence posts. <laughs> I spent too much time on this for a guy who died instantly. Uh, So Wilson most likely dead. Um, Al, uh, I had Al and Tim go out on the same mission together. Al was a sharpshooter with a uh, big sniper rifle. Tim was a heavy weapons guy with a chain gun and grenade launcher, which makes sense. Uh, Al got set on fire by a flamethrower trooper uh, when the entire squad got ambushed. Uh, Al was bleeding out. I had my medic bring Al back from from the threshold of death yeah. to take another pot shot at this alien. The, uh, Al missed again. The alien shot Al again. He went back down, and I was like, fuck it, Al, you're gonna bleed to death because I don't have any more med packs. This uh, doesn't sound like it's very consistent with the character. Uh, no, no. Well, I, mean, I, c- I could see Al missing a lot <laughs> if he were a future commando trying to fight aliens, like getting so anxious about it. Yeah, Tim's in charge of the armory. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so then... Uh, The alien that shot Al was also shooting at Tim. Uh, At that point, most of the squad was dead, and Tim got, uh, sadly, killed on his way to the evac zone. So I've already lost, like, three of the main male leads from the show, and I'm not proud of myself. I'm not a great commander. (laughs) The good news is that Jill is currently my highest-ranked soldier. She's an excellent sniper. She has bullets that set uh, enemy snake men on fire. Uh, she has a she had a very strong bond uh, with Brad Taylor. They were running together pretty often until uh, Brad got killed in combat, which made Jill go berserk. <laughs> And then she basically ran yeah. into the line of fire of a snake man who wrapped her up. And then the only way I was able to get her freed was by having Cliff Clavin from Cheers throw a grenade at both of them. <laughs> um, well, uh, you know that, Trumia. <laughs> I mean, you, see, you see, Jill, the, the thing about getting uh, captured by a big snake is uh, you got to keep a better uh, uh, range away from them. <laughs> um, th- yeah, So, so... That's kind of where the Home Improvement cast is. Right now, Diane Chambers is also an excellent sniper. She and Cliff actually work very (laughs) well together. Norm, unfortunately, killed. Sam was killed.
1: Oh, man. Um,
0: Yeah, so, honestly, my biggest fear right now is that um, this attrition will continue and all of the Home Improvement (laughs) cast gets wiped out, and then it's just a Cheers-based thing. (laughs) I like this, like, sitcom deathmatch. Honestly, yeah. Well, right now, I I will routinely now be sending out squads that have Diane, Carla, and cliff in them and so when during the loading screens now i'll just be sitting there in my room doing like bits with you know carla being like oh i can't believe the stick still hasn't gotten hit by anybody no wonder she's so thin i, I don't know and my carla is terrible too. your carla turned into cliff I had a I, second there. essentially yeah i think the the real the real moral of truman's XCOM corner is that truman is still bad at impressions <laughs> But anyway, uh, so that's where we're at right now. Right. I'd say that there have been some big losses, but yet, hey, you know what? Sisters doing it for themselves now. Jill is really the queen of this entire situation. <laughs> right on. Yeah. Okay, well, we'll we'll check in with uh, your progression and get another sit-rep down the line. I will certainly keep you guys updated. I'm sure people are on the edge of their seats to hear stories <laughs> about video games I'm playing. Oh, man. Um, Landon, but yeah. we don't just... Talk about video games that I play on this show. No, Occasionally, we, don't. we talk about the sitcom that we watch, which is Home Improvement. Indeed, uh, and we watched an episode this week, as as we so often do. Yes. Uh, have you got a synopsis for us, Landon? I, you know, I got one somewhere around here. I he's just He's, mis- he's patting his pockets. Uh, he you know what? Find it. I I think I've lost it, but uh, let me see if I can uh, just spitball one here for you. Yeah, that, totally good. And now he's rolling up a spitball and putting it into a straw. And oh no, oh, gross! <laughs> It turned into a transition. Oh, God. Um, It is L's 35th birthday, which I have very existential comments about. (laughs) And uh, he's spending it with the tailors. When he makes a wish by blowing out all the candles on on his cake, uh, he reveals that he wished for a wife. Uh, Jill Which is sad. <laughs> immediately knows uh, of someone that she wants to set him up with, and puts those wheels into motion. Upon first meeting this woman named Irene, Elle, uh finds that they have so much in common that he decides to skip the whole courtship aspect of things and delve right into long-term commitment. On the next day, uh, ne- next day's episode of Tool Time, uh, he proposes to Irene on camera. However, Tim, at the behest of Jill, trying to undo her handiwork, uh, convinces Tim that, uh, or, Tim convinces Al (laughs) that he should slow things down and um, he ends up redubbing the proposal that Al gives on air uh, with an invitation to dinner instead and then goes into some awful uh, Godzilla jokes. That just never get old. I just hate them so much. Meanwhile, Brad and Randy pull (laughs) a prank on Mark, uh, surprise, surprise, that make him think that Isaiah Thomas has responded to one of his fan letters and that he will be visiting over the weekend for a hearty dinner of... Corn on the cob. And, you know, nothing is better than sitting down to dinner and it's only corn on the cob. Not you know a what side though? dish. <laughs> As someone who loves a good prank, uh,
1: it's
0: having this letter be responded by something so specific, like, that's a really good, that's a good detail. Like, if you're going to make a prank work, you have to make it sound so strange that it's not something you could think of. Okay, here's what I'm going to say. I I agree with the intention of the prank. Yeah. Uh, What I'm saying is corn on the cob is a pretty likable food that's normal and easy to get. It should have been, my favorite food is liver and onions. I expect everyone to be eating it. So, like, then they would have set Mark up to be trying to get Jill to make liver and onions or something. (laughs) I I don't know. Yeah, but I don't think liver and onions is as believable as corn on the cob. Because as you said, everybody loves it, but it's not something that anyone would think of to say that they want, so it must be believable. I don't think that believability is really a concern when the target of your prank is Mark. <laughs> Fair. Who, who, who would believe that air was water and up was down if you told him that? Uh, you know, but, uh, yeah, so do we want to uh, go through a tortured swimming pool metaphor and dive deep into this episode? Uh, before we do that, we got to take some uh, our our training lessons, and those consist of guessing the name of the episode. Oh, gosh, yes, of course. Uh the name of this episode is um a nice day for an owl wedding. Okay, uh, I like that. A little billy idol. Yes, uh, a billy Idol, wow. more like. Um uh let's see. A modest proposal or <laughs> or immodest proposal. Um <laughs> proposal? Yeah, or oh my god. Immodest proposal. <laughs> That is hyphenated. Yes, that is the one. I'm sorry. I'm not going to go with any other ones. I think we can up with the perfect name. Uh, it is called I'll See You in My Dreams. A-I-S-L-E. Yep. That's yep. That's pretty good. Okay. Uh, you know, uh, I give that one re- reasonably high marks. I think it was good. And, and I do mean mark. <laughs> in that it tricked you. Yes. 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 Uh, Okay, okay, that's good, that's good I, I give you credit for this, this is better than Jill's Thanks. birthday This is better than Groin Pains and, yeah. and I'll take the credit, even though I didn't write the title You gave me credit for <laughs> coming up with the better alt title uh, Immodest Proposal Which now is my favorite <laughs> title of the season Um... Yeah, so Yeah, let's go let's climb the the high board and uh take a take a Olympic dive you know, into the waters. Let's get into the bathosphere and uh go down uh underneath the waves to uh find the Titanic, I guess. <laughs> wow, okay, that it's that but, ramped up in, in stakes there. That escalated quickly. Yeah, it's <laughs> well it's a deep dive uh, to the briny depths. So uh first things first, yeah, we're at the front door of the yes. Taylor House the door opens uh, to uh, Brad and Randy running in. Oh, wait. Brad we Mark. have a very stealthy grunt creep. Yes. Sneak in before anybody. It drifted. Well, look who notices the grunt creep now. <laughs> I I made special note of it because I couldn't be because I couldn't be sure you would see it at all. Yeah, well, and he he the grunt creep was very stealthy. Uh he just like he snuck in before Randy walked in and like snuck into the other room. Who knows where he went. Yeah, oh, I know. I mean, I know. that's the scary thing about the grunt creep is that he could be lurking anywhere. Uh, yeah, it's he's the ultimate jump scare. <laughs> Except instead of scaring you, he tells you the name of the show that you're watching. Uh, it's a very informative scare. Uh, it's like a tour guide. I like it. So uh, Brad and Randy have made a fake letter from the Detroit Pistons Yes. for Mark. And when I say the Detroit Pistons, I mean Isaiah Thomas, who I assume is one of them. Yes, uh, Isaiah Thomas uh, was, yeah, a piston, I think, almost his entire career. He might have started in uh, Indiana. I don't know, but... Um, obviously led the Pistons, who were pretty shitty in the early 80s, to, like, uh, the bad boy era, where they, um, I think they were in the tournaments, uh, or tournaments, (laughs) in the playoffs uh, in 87, but led them to win consecutive back-to-back wins in 89 and 90. Damn. Or maybe 91, I don't remember, but... um, That's close enough for me, man. The fact that you know that much. And he was, he was, like, one of the... um, well, this is like I was really into basketball for a few years, and mm. it happened to be during the Bad Boy era, yeah, uh, during the Isaiah Thomas, Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, you know that whole oh yes, uh, Larry Bird era. Um, okay, well, <laughs> sports though we like sports, and we sports. don't care who knows, yeah. Uh, that's a lie. Uh, well, yeah, you're right. That's, that's very true. I don't like sports, and I don't want anyone to know that. Yeah, well, you could have fooled me with the with the trivia that you had. All I all I can tell you about my hometown basketball team at that point in time was that a lot of them were going to jail. Carl Malone. I mean, he didn't go to jail, but he's part of your uh, Portland Trailblazers. Oh, is he? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. There you go. Yeah jailblazers we called them i got no facts about carl malone um nope carl malone was part of the utah jazz i was thinking of carl drexler you, you were th- uh clyde drexler. clyde drexler wow so we really don't like sports that much but i'm glad i could i could i, I clyde the glide i could be, i could correct you on at least one basketball thing at least we can edit this whole part out yes a real we should take a time out to not talk about sports um so anyway, they have uh, Brad and Randy give this letter, this letter that they have written that is supposedly from Isaiah Thomas to mm-hmm. Mark, saying, "Hey, I want to come over to your house. Well, yeah, like we said in the yeah, bro- thank you for for sending me 25 fan letters. You're my biggest fan. Yeah. Um, I love corn in the cob. I'll be over your house this weekend to eat some. Yeah, essentially. Yeah, and and Mark is so excited that he runs upstairs, and Brad and Randy are both just like, "Yeah, we got him. <laughs> High five. Keep getting better." And then, off that weird beat, we go to the opening yeah, credits. Yeah, there's no, like, button to the scene. It's not funny. It's just a cold open of bullying. And and so we saw that, and we're both sitting on the couch during the opening credits, which are unchanged. And, and basically saying, like, oh, that was a weird cold open. Well, okay, obviously that was a funny setup, because the whole crux of this episode is Isaiah Thomas showing up at dinner. That's what this is all driving towards. Okay, sure. We know this show. We've been watching it a long time. We know what's going to happen. Nope, not not... Really, nope. I mean, yeah, we we lead somewhere with it, but um, not, not anywhere satisfying. I mean, it would be it, it's the equivalent of having uh, corn on the cob for dinner. <laughs>
1: yeah, I, <laughs> where yeah. it's like,
0: okay, well, we got a little something, but it wasn't fulfilling. Yeah, I know. I mean, I've I've got a lot of stuff mashed up in my teeth, and I didn't really get any uh, <laughs> you know good starchy uh, course here. So we come back from the opening credits. Oh, we well, we do go into the theme uh, okay. where it's the same old stuff and. Uh, we Brad Brad extracts uh, a little bit of our precious soul juice, our, our secrets again. Um, we come back from the theme credits. Yeah, yeah. We, we, yes, yeah, so we come back from the credits to uh, to every this ridiculous shot of uh, of a birthday cake that looks like a flannel shirt uh, <laughs> yeah. with with two candles in it, a three and a five. Oh, it buddy. is Al's thirty fifth birthday. And that I think that threw all of us for a loop for a little different bit. reasons. Yeah, uh, I'm older than Al, and I don't like that idea. Al doesn't strike me as a 35 year old. No. He seems older than. But that. you know what? I get the sense that even as a, t- a toddler. He probably exuded this like middle age persona. I and I, I too, I was one of those toddlers as well. So I guess I can sympathize. <laughs> you're sitting there instead of playing with building blocks, you're reading The Economist. Uh, yes, well, I'm, I think you know, I'm more of a New Yorker. Oh uh, my boy, bad. Yeah, but yeah, right. yes, yeah. <laughs> but actually, the, the editor in the in the '90s wasn't so great. So maybe I was off of it. Maybe it was more of an Atlantic toddler. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I, I, I don't know. The idea of Al being 35, it's yeah. just anchoring that at a time. It's like, oof. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, we're coming up very close to my 36th birthday. So, uh, the fact that he's just turning 35 as I'm turning 36, I don't like this idea that I'm older than Al. Yeah. It, it makes me feel very weird, especially because they're, they're exploring, you know, his desires of wanting to start a family and having kids and, uh, get a wife and like, Oh, okay. Well, is that what I should be pursuing here? <laughs> Instead of doing a home improvement podcast? I, I mean, I think that if Al had started a podcast about the show he was on, he would have had a much more successful <laughs> and happy life. So I think that you're doing the right thing. Well, thank you. Uh, and also, if it helps you, we can maybe just skip a season and have Al be older than you. I mean, you oh, know, yeah, no one's going to arrest us for that. We can come back around and get this one later <laughs> once, you're, once you're cool with it. Um... The the thing that jumped out at me with this scene, it's Al's 35th birthday party. They're celebrating. Yeah. Attendees at Al's 35th birthday are Al and the Taylor family. Yeah. And that's it. Why isn't he spending it with his mother? Why isn't he spending it with his mother? Any other friends? Yeah. Anyone from the show? Where, where's Wilson even? Yeah, they're in the backyard. We we still have not seen and Wilson in the same scene. Oh man, that is going to be the closest we got was uh, haunting of Taylor House, where they were both in the basement at the same time. But Wilson was wrapped up like a mummy and flying, uh, and flying, and uh, uh, Al had a bucket over his head. Uh, yeah, Al... stuck in that that tool chest. Yeah, with a spider coming towards him. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we I don't know. It's just it's this weird, very small birthday party, the, very an intimate affair, if yeah. you will. Except not sexy. Um... So they start cutting the, they start, well, they they say, make a wish, Al. And Al closes his eyes for a very long time and then blows out the candles. And they start cutting the cake. Someone says, uh, Jill says, who wants a sleeve? Who wants an armpit? And Mark (laughs) goes, sleeve. And Brad and Randy in unison go, pits. (laughs) And I thought that was funny. And Tim goes, I'll take a little chest hair. God, I don't even want, is that like black licorice, do you think? Ooh, yummy. Well, yeah, but then. It's like, it's like one of those challenges of, like, getting past what it's supposed to represent and just focus on the taste. <laughs> actually, I can see it. Uh, not, not like, full-on uh, licorice, but, you know, the, like, um, shoestring oh, licorice. Oh, I, I know, I know yeah, what you yeah. mean. Yeah, chopped up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Bit. So it would be that, you know. Uh, there's a lot of cake decorating on this show, I know. Actually. I was at, like, the race car yeah. thing. Every like, time yeah. someone has a birthday. Uh, so, actually, this kind of, this uh, hones in Al's, uh, he is a September birthday. I don't know what zodiac sign that would make him but um yeah i'm sorry i'm not the guy to talk to about about what (laughs) zodiac sign uh, a person is based on their birth month but he doesn't want to reveal what he wished for he he takes that very seriously and says that if he reveals it it won't come true yes which is why he waits all of like a minute before he does say what he wished (laughs) for yeah and tim's like well if you don't tell us we won't give you your present yes and so he tells him and he still doesn't get a present. Yeah, I know. I, yeah, I don't I, I don't really know what the end game was there. Yeah. But he says, I wished for a wife. And Jill r- responds to this by saying, oh, she has someone to set him up with. Who whoa, is- whoa, whoa. Back the Lonely Heart truck up. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a- No, it's the Lonely Heart Mobile. They're not oh, even using yeah. the word truck anymore. Yeah, like, right. Did you- now it's just, hey, remember that kind of funny joke from last yeah. season? Now let's do a less funny variation. Uh, and this begins my exacerbation with this sh- with this episode. Oh man! I mean, I, it's a fine episode, but this is uh, uh, okay. Come, come on, man! Let's do. We're, I'm here for you. Let's get through together. Let's just exacerbate. Heavy metal. Yes. Okay. Let's did lunch. Okay. X marks the spot. Okay. We've established already. Jill, don't meddle in people's. Don't play matchmaker. I feel like it's a lesson we learned, and we keep revisiting the same problem. And further ep- evidence in this episode, she is bad at it. Oh, absolutely. She is so bad at matchmaking. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, uh, she she may as well she may as well be soaking matches in kerosene, <laughs> because that's how bad she is at making matches. I, well, and this is even something that infuriates... Like, even Tim is on to this. Even Tim is yeah. upset about this. Like, you were... T- like, it's a joke within the show how bad she is at setting people up. Yeah. And so what she's saying is that um, I get, I'm going to set you up with the sister of someone that I sit next to at work, which is just like, you're not even vetting these people. That That's what I hate so much about um, people setting each other up is so often it's like, oh, this person's perfect for you, a.k.a. Oh, th- this person is single and yes. you're single. Oh, dude. Being in that position, I mean, I, I, I've had friends try to set me up with other people and it, it is very revealing of how your friend views you. Yeah, yeah. I've been set up with people where it's just like. The, there is no connective tissue between me and that other person except that you know we're both overweight and make that person laugh. Yeah, and it's just like what, what? At what point did you think this was going to be a thing? Like, yeah, there's we we have no of the same none of the same interests. None. It's just it's very telling of the person that sets you up. Where it's just like you either are a really bad uh, a judge of character yeah. or, uh, or or you have a very simplified view of what love is. Exactly. Basically. Right. I I know I knew uh, when I was in college I had I was even partially part of this I remember I had like a couple of gay friends in college one of whom was single and then I remember meeting a person in one of my classes a guy in one of my classes who was gay and the first thing I thought was like oh I could set him up with my friend then I'm like wait no all you know is that they're both gay (laughs) why would they that's that's the worst possible thing and then that sort of thing must happen a lot oh I'm sure yeah Yeah, just like oh okay I can I can identify these two you have this quality they have this quality that's got to be all there is yeah I I just you know I I think this is one of the rare times that you and me are aligned with Tim against Jill. Yeah, it's a very rare occurrence. But, yes. Uh, I I'm anytime Jill is trying to do matchmaker stuff, I am adamantly against her. Yes. This this sort of stuff is what uh, cost her your vote for MVP. Probably. <laughs> it's true. Yes. And it's making me regret mine. Um. <laughs> so Al is in a rush to leave the party. Yep. He's in a rush to get to Bingo. Uh. Because. <laughs> This is probably the funniest moment in the episode, I would say. Uh, On your birthday, they let you sit next to the caller and use your age as a free space. Tonight, I'm N35. It feels like only yesterday I was I-19. And then he gives a little pout and then walks out the door. (laughs) Oh, man. It was great. Uh, The best. Uh, This takes us to uh, backstage at Tool Time, where um, I I think Al had spoken to Irene on the phone. Yeah, they talked on the phone. Found out that she's an orthodontist. She's really funny. He um, he is he is so excited that he's whirling in the manner best befitting a dervish. I would say. <laughs> uh, by the way, I found out what a whirling dervish is. Oh, uh, I mean, aside from when Scott explained it to us. <laughs> oh, did he do that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's the uh, I can't exactly remember. It's a cultural dance. Yeah, it's from... like a, a, a Netherlands ish Deutschland uh, yeah. dancing. You know, they've got the the big hoop skirts and kind yeah. of the bonnets and stuff, and they kind of spin around. Uh... Yeah, and, and yeah, I, I saw a gif of it. It looked very interesting. Yeah, um, yeah. So it takes a village to to <laughs> uncover a uh, the the meaning of a euphemism or it's not a euphemism, an aphorism. Who even knows? Uh, Colloquialism—that'll be the one. Uh, so yeah, Al is is super excited about this. Tim is wanting to back the truck up yeah. on uh, Al's excitement because he has no faith in his wife's matchmaking. <laughs> right, rightly so. Um, they're also Tim and Al are all suited up in fishing gear, yeah. Uh, because I guess it's the salute to hobbies today on on Tool Time male hobbies. But we'll get there in a second. True, um, and it's the salute to male hobbies. But uh, I never see them sitting down with Dungeons and Dragons players. <laughs> uh, I never I never see them uh, 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 say. Um, I actually can't think of anything else men do. I'm sorry. I'm really well, bad at this. Well, the the hobby that they're going over is uh, fly fishing, yeah. and I just want to say. Fly fishing, not specifically a male hobby. Yeah. That's a hobby of anyone who loves boring hobbies. Yeah. <laughs> if, you, if you like wasting an entire day standing in a river, uh, <laughs> not catching a fish, pretending that you're Robert Redford, <laughs> go for it, you yeah, know? Yeah, exactly. Um, also, I should point out that Al is telling Tim that he has set up, for his first date with uh, Irene, yeah. they have done the logical thing that I think everyone wants to do on a first date, which is uh, have a party with a bunch of other people at it and this person comes to it so you're in a group setting where you can't really get to know each other one-on-one yeah right yeah absolutely well you know i think that um 35 year olds uh parties in the 90s were a lot different than they are nowadays at least in la because i remember my parents having a lot of parties and what there's a lot more effort put into the socialing so- social socialing socialing it's like caroling <laughs> go for it go for it the socializing aspects of it because i remember my dad whenever we had a thing would he would like study to find the right party game for everybody Oof. and uh i remember on multiple occasions he would involve me in trying to figure out the good game and um one that he always fell back on was where you get a name tag or, or like an a oh. index card that you would put on your forehead or oh, something. Oh, yeah, diversity day on the office. And yeah. you would find your partner. Like, so it, they would be famous duos. And so you would have to go around the party not knowing who you were and find, um, you know, like the Batman to your Robin or the... You know, so he would involve me to try and figure out uh, duos to, to be. Uh, you know... Please, let your parents know not to invite me to any of their parties in, in the 90s, because it doesn't sound uh, super fun to me. I mean, it's like, maybe that's a step above just pulling out the Cards Against Humanity deck that everyone has already played, but uh, that's yeah. still, uh Wow. I mean, did you were you allowed to play along with this? Would you get your own index card, or were you off in your room? No, with your of course not. Buddies? No, they would. Uh, you know, I would be upstairs playing Super Nintendo. They'd buy me a Hungry Howie's pizza, and then I would just sit there and play through Final Fantasy three for the eighteenth time. Yeah, that doesn't sound half bad. <laughs> that is, you want to talk about like people trying to recreate their childhood or something like that? I would, I would pay money for the sort of <laughs> like your parents doing something. So they like leave you alone with a pizza and they've rented yeah. a couple movies at blockbuster. <laughs> right. And you know, oh, and yeah, hey, and we rented you, you know, we rented you GoldenEye for N sixty four. So just be safe. Here's the emergency numbers if you need anything. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, yeah. I miss those days too. I wish I could do that to myself. Yeah, I. Oh, we should we should take turns. I mean, that'll be your birthday gift this year, because I didn't get you one last year. Is is just like I come by with a hungry Howie's pizza. Oh, dude, and, I love uh, this idea. I don't, also don't know where to get a hungry Howie's pizza. I hope that's not a regional thing. Cause... uh it is. It's a. It's kind of an East Coast. They're, they've expanded. They're in Florida now. I know that much. Uh, it does not do me. any doesn't good. help right us now. here. But I don't. It doesn't have to be Hungry Howies. Uh, it could be anything. Okay. I mean, Hungry Howies was the home of the flavor crust. Oh, um, really? Yeah. What, uh, was it like was it like how Domino's crust is now, where it's like <laughs> as good as on. the thing? I actually like Domino's. Don't. <laughs> I mean, I'm not. Know, my though. mom used to work for Domino's. Okay. Uh, she used to do the payroll at the headquarters out in Ann Arbor. Wow, good for um, her. And uh, I have many stories about their experimental pizza kitchen. Really? Uh, they have a breakfast pizza that is exclusively. Uh, only at the headquarters. Wait, um, but can you, can you like you can only like order it to the headquarters? Like only only, make it for you. only the employees of the headquarters can order it. Uh, you know, while they're working, uh, or for lunch or for breakfast or whatever. Um, and it would be like instead of uh, uh, sauce, it would be gravy. There would be scrambled eggs and then cheese over top of it, and you can put whatever toppings you wanted on it. I don't know why they have never marketed this thing because it was my favorite pizza in the world. Uh, to have pizza for breakfast? Yeah. That, that would be... They would completely change the game on how people approach pizza. They would open the lucrative breakfast market for yes, pizza. Yes, agreed. Instead of bringing donuts or bagels to the office, you bring a breakfast pizza. <laughs> okay, we are changing what this podcast is about, and it is just all about your, your experimental pizza stories. <laughs> I mean, I could do a whole podcast on that. And, and, you know, there would be at least four listeners who live in the sewers underneath New York City. <laughs> uh... <laughs> i mean i'm not gonna lie i was way into ninja turtles when my mom got a job at domino's pizza and it was the coolest thing in the world to me I, that would be that would be pretty damn good yeah man i can't but be- do you think they still have the breakfast pizza i don't know um i mean i it's not like i can go to ann arbor <laughs> or even the hq of uh domino's anymore who's who's saying we can't dude break the fuck in <laughs> we make our own rules <laughs> uh wow that's now, that honestly is a screenplay though. Two dudes breaking into Domino's Pizza headquarters to try and get a, a breakfast <laughs> pizza after hours. Let's write that down. But I love it. No one else take that idea. Um, we'll be like the uh, Doug and Bob McKenzie, uh, but instead of Canadian beer, it's just pizza. Yeah, uh, yeah, basically. <laughs> uh, and and it'll be called Strange Crust. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, I like that. Um. Anyway. So, the the point of this day on Tool Time is we're yeah. going to be talking about fly fishing. I'm going to take a moment to diverge here. <laughs> Diver- oh, Bill, good. Because you've been so on track for the past ten minutes. I just, I have to point out something, uh, a detail, in the background of uh, behind the scenes of Tool Time. Yeah. As they're getting dressed. Did you notice the pink banner that was hanging? No, I didn't see the pink banner. The pink banner said, cooking with Irma. <gasps> backstage backstage Bell? yeah maybe you think do you think these backstage is the sound stage for cooking with irma they like well, i am wondering irma. if like uh they are they like share walls with the other set you know mm-hmm. kind of the way that the you know any kind of sitcom stage you have the like living room next door to the the garage you know kind of the way the home improvement set is mm-hmm. where it's like they just have numerous sets sandwiched next to each other yeah that if you just like walked around the wall where all the tools are hanging on tool time you'd be on the cooking with irma set <laughs> yeah you're just you know which really sets us up for a gag at some point where someone gets thrown through a wall <laughs> and winds up in the middle of cooking with irma splashing into her soup yeah just like spaghetti an plants. falling off of their their hair and stuff like that yeah you do you like uh, pull uh you you wipe the the cream off of someone's face and taste it and yeah and then and then fling it at the screen and it becomes a spaghetti transition <laughs> or a penne transition depending I like it uh okay I did not see the cooking with Irma yeah. sign but that is that, again the little details that little detail creep you catch yeah. <laughs> uh so on on the show they're talking about fly fishing they yep. have special guest Chuck Norwood come out talking oh about my god indling. yes tackleberry. Look- Tackleberry from uh, from the police academy movies. That's who that guy. Yeah, oh. he's uh, what's his name? David Graff. Wow. Um, yeah, plays Chuck Norwood uh, on this episode. He he has a very character-actory look, and yeah. it's also fitting that a guy who had tackle in his name in the... <laughs> that is funny, yeah. Yes, I... I didn't I, put that together till right now. I, I did, and I thought it was great. That is an Ikea joke that I assembled. <laughs> um, yeah, he comes out, and you can tell, because he's not a famous guest, and because he's mm-hmm. not the K&B guys, you can tell he's just going to get dunked on and yeah. have his stuff destroyed for the entire bit. Yes, right. Why does anyone who gets a call from the Tool Time booking office, why do you go on the show? You go on the show, but why bring your expensive uh, personal belongings Yeah, so, to hand to Tim? Yeah, like, if I went on there, it would be like, hey, Tim, these are my shittiest rods and reels because I've watched this show and I know how you are. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Chuck comes out, is talking about angling and fly fishing. Mm-hmm. Says, you got two basic types of fly, and Tim jumps in and says the joke that was in my head, the open fly and the closed fly. Right. Uh, <laughs> and... I I mean Al Al takes the opportunity to step in Yeah and say uh, I think what he means is the dry fly and the wet fly and Tim goes the wet fly isn't that why you're banned from so and so restaurant? You're like every restaurant in Detroit. Yeah. Um, I I don't even quite get that joke. Like is it because his pants are like is it a is it an Al Petes Pants joke and you can't get into a restaurant thing? Uh, is it a wet dreams joke? Is it a oh, wow, that's, yeah. wet fly? I just it doesn't or make It's like no sense. a fly in my soup. <laughs> I, I get it's kinda like the Motown jokes. <laughs> kind of, yeah. it like it definitely looks like it. it's this is like Invasion of the Body Snatchers kind of, like yeah. where it looks like the real thing, but then when you get closer to it, it's like something isn't right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is the joke that the body snatchers would tell. <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, the, he's got all these expensive rods. Tim is playing around with one of them yeah. simulating casting, and he snaps it into two pieces. He says, oh, we, oh well, don't worry, we have an insurance policy for these little accidents. And Al says, actually, they canceled that after the fourth show. <laughs> Which, and we've talked about what kind of production insurance uh-huh. Tim has in the past. So another... Why, why are they allowed to film if they don't have insurance? It feels like, especially on a high-risk show, oh, yeah. you would just shut production down and yeah. feel like, oh, we can't insure our host. Uh, yeah. w- we can't film, period. Yeah, yeah. the whole point of us doing this is to be a money-making enterprise. <laughs> if it's going to be tied up in lawsuits yeah. and stuff, then we just shouldn't do it. Absolutely. Maybe the Maybe all of the rules and regulations about the show has to have insurance or they can't film it came about as a result of tool time. Like, maybe we established those in the 2000s. Um, So, anyway, uh, then they they start looking at one of the... uh, They hand him the indestructible graphite rod, and as Tim is playing around with it, uh, Al warns everyone, oh, you want to be careful with one of these in a lightning storm, because it's so conducive. In one of the most telegraphed bits of physical comedy. It's like, if I were Tim... Every time Al recommends a safety tip, instead of making fun of a totally reasonable safety tip, I would just keep my mouth shut and ensure that I don't doom myself. <laughs> but, I mean, just in terms of the the way that this this physical joke comes about, it's like, it just doesn't work on any level. Because Al says that, and th- then it would be funny if, like, somehow Tim got electrocuted by it. But yeah. what happens is he says that, and then they cut to a wide shot kind of looking down on the set with a... Uh, uh, overhead lamp just yeah. kind of hanging there telegraphing that he's gonna obviously put the rod in there and he does and exactly what you expect to happen happens there's nothing unexpected about it okay let me venture something okay we've talked a lot about ikea jokes on this show yeah. where it's sort of like we give you the raw materials and 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 expect you to build the joke and laugh at it yourself <laughs> sure Maybe this is an example of a Columbo joke. Okay. Now, on the TV series Columbo starring Peter Falk, it was a mystery series where every episode begins with you seeing... It it, it begins with you seeing who kills the person and how they do it. Like, you, Mm. you, you, the audience understand from the get-go who the bad guy is, and you see, oh, he's so crafty, the cops will okay. never get him. And then the fun of the show is watching Columbo try and figure it out and, like, entrap him and ensnare him with his masterful schlub personality. I believe that's called dramatic irony. Oh, okay, okay. But maybe, maybe we could call it a Columbo joke. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm just saying, we know yeah. we know who, like, we know how Tim is going to fuck up, we just want to see it happen. Yeah. So maybe that maybe showing the lamp like that when Tim is swinging the thing around, maybe it was a little Columbo action. Okay. I uh, just uh, just a uh, one, one more thing. Uh that uh, that fishing rod of yours, is it uh conductive? And that has been Cliff Clavin as Columbo. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> I really um man, I have pretty much one. I have pretty much just one voice. Well, Columbo Columbo is very Clavin, but it's more raspy. Uh yeah one more one more thing one uh, more thing uh that uh that, that fishing rod of you that that lamp is, uh, is, is, is that turned on <laughs> it's still cliffy it's, and it's still cliff. and it's not a very good cliff <laughs> i am falling off a cliff um so anyway uh we transitioned into the kitchen from y- here yes from uh, yeah well tim yeah tim erect or uh, er, electrocuting himself <laughs> on the light getting a huge boner Um, But yeah we transition to the kitchen Little known fact You get erection when you get electrocuted Oh that's interesting Well that's That would be That puts you at a lot of risk Then if you get struck by lightning Because then there's another thing For the lightning to hit (laughs) Another rod yeah Yeah but then that Then that makes you super penis Probably (laughs) Uh, the, The newest Avenger (laughs) uh uh the horniest avenger um phase eight anyway (laughs) we're gonna stop making marvel jokes so we get yeah this weird transition to the kitchen yeah uh mark uh, is talking to jill asking if she can make corn on the cob for dinner yeah and he won't tell her why he wants it and she won't do it unless he tells her right so he says isaiah thomas is coming over And he hands her the letter that uh, Brad and Randy had written him. Mm -hmm. And Jill, do you want to break this open and talk about Jill's uh, switch in attitude here? She has kind of uh, set behind her her maternal instincts to coddle Mark and help him through this and just like uh, take no more shit. Sometimes Landon uh, love is uh, uh, soft and other times uh, it's tough. <laughs> and this is uh, an example of that tough love. Yeah. Uh, I, I think she is sick of watching her youngest get walked all over so much. So she looks at that like t- Tim is in the room too. She says no pro basketball player will come to our house to eat corn. <laughs> and and Tim says especially your mom's corn as though making fun of your wife's cooking is okay. <laughs> yes. But... uh. So then Jill kind of like leans down to 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 Mark and just goes, "Honey, Mark, you're 8 years old now. Stop being such a sap." <laughs> Which for me, I loved. Like, I was like, yes, I've been saying this the whole time. It's like, how many times does this going to, she is vocalizing everything we have ever said. Yeah, that's that's true. I'm I'm pro, I'm pro this. Pro tough love? Yes, I for one welcome our new tough love overlords. (laughs) Uh, I think that if Jill did this more often, we would maybe get some more interesting plot lines vis-a-vis Mark that aren't just him getting pranked over and over again. There you go. Um, but so, uh, they, they convince Mark to, uh, to pull a prank. Well, they don't convince him, but he says he's going to pull a prank on him. And Tim goes, well, what are you going to do? He's like, I'm going to go upstairs and tell them they're ugly and their feet stink. <laughs> and Tim's like, okay. Uh huh. Pretty pretty tough. That's that's a good thing. Maybe let's not tell them something they already know. <laughs> and he's like, "Okay, well, I'll go work on something." And so Mark goes off to concoct a uh, a prank of his own. Yes. Um, leaving Tim and Jill to talk about what's going on. Um, Jill says, "Well, I got um uh, uh a sitter for Friday." Yeah. Um. What a, sleep sleepovers for all the boys? Oh, well, sleepover! Yeah, I I got a sleepover for all the boys on Friday because we are going out. And Tim's like, "Oh, thank God, I, we almost got roped into going to Al's apartment uh, yeah. to meet uh, Irene." What are we doing? Going to Al's apartment to meet Irene? <laughs> and and Tim, and then we are just thrust into the next scene at uh, Al's, Al's apartment, same apartment, uh, same overlook hotel paint job. However. The hammock's gone. I know, replaced by a uh, shoddy dinner table with yeah, folding, folding chairs. folding <laughs> card table. And also, he said he was going to have a bunch of people over. The guests are Tim and Jill and him and then Irene. <laughs> maybe he was going to invite Cynthia and then he's like well maybe that might be a little awkward bringing my ex-girlfriend in to meet my new girlfriend yeah so instead i'm just going to have my new girlfriend uh, come directly to the house right next door <laughs> to Cynthia's and then make Cynthia oh my god i hate Cynthia's story in this cuz then she has to listen to the uh the the country line dancing as well uh will as, as well yeah <laughs> as uh, l is uh yeah making love um, country style. Yeah. <laughs> With a cowboy hat on and <laughs> boots on and nothing else on. Yeah. Um and presumably dancing around the room as he does it. Uh another thing, he doesn't have his flannel tie. No, he, he he has learned I... his lesson from the Greta Post days, um and has just a normal tie on. You're just we're just watching our little owl grow up right before our <laughs> eyes. Um so yeah, the, he he's everyone's nervous, she's half an hour late. Uh Tim and Jill are saying like, you know, they're they're kind of fretting on the couch about this. Al is clearly on edge. Um but then sure enough, knock at the door, she mm-hmm. arrives. Eileen is or Irene is cute. And seemingly normal, although seemingly also nervous yes and uh, uh let's take a moment to go into character actor corner. oh yes, let's this uh Irene is going to appear more times on this ep- uh, on this show very good spoilers um, yeah, which is good because there's not much uh, uh closure no. in this episode with this throughline not at all uh she is played by sherry Hersey um mm-hmm. Who is a pretty? I say this with every character actor, but pretty prolific. Started uh, in Days of Our Lives back in 1989, I think, or 60 something. I don't know. Wow, it's uh, a 20 year gap, but okay. <laughs> well, she was. Uh, she started. She was on like Happy Days, Rhoda, The Waltons, Mary Tyler Moore. So Jesus. she's been around for a while. Um, uh, Knots Landing, which is my mom's favorite show. Uh, oddly, playing a character that has the same name as my mom. Oh. Um, and, yeah, so she just had all of these uh, um, little bit parts leading up to Home Improvement. Um, I'm not seeing... Oh, she was on Freddy's Nightmares. Oh. How about that? Yeah. Damn. That was the show about Freddy Krueger? Uh, it was an anthology show hosted by Freddy Krueger. Oh, nice. They were like, <laughs> this Crypt Keeper stealing all our business. Now yeah. we need to... and I'm also seeing um, that she was in a TV movie called prince of bel-air oh god not the fresh prince this one starts mark stars mark Harmon. uh um, it's the stale prince of bel-air <laughs> also on step-by-step Step, dr quinn um oh. lots of, she just she was busy yeah man Shock- she's still working to this day though you know, something I heard, this has nothing to do with anything except Dr. Quinn. Something I heard is that Dr. Quinn was one of the only single-camera shows that still had a live audience. People would go to the movie ranch, and there was a place they could stand and watch them shoot oh, uh, really? Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman. How about that? Yeah. I guess uh, those audiences were seeing more. <laughs> <laughs> I can't find a way to fit Jane in there, but that's very good. That's a very good bit. <laughs> I can I can also say my one other Dr. Quinn joke that loops into the Mystery Science Theater joke is there's one episode where uh, Gypsy refers to the show as uh, Jane Seymour Medicine Queen, which <laughs> is what it will always be in my heart now. <laughs> I love that. Uh, so... Yes. Anyway. Back to this. Uh, So she, uh, they start pouring wine. Eileen is explaining, I'm so sorry I'm late. My car stalled on the way over here. Mm -hmm. Tim volunteers Al to look at it. Al says- Well, he volunteers himself first, and then Jill nudges him, and he goes, Al, Al will look at your car. And Al says, I'd love to look under your hood. And then, not what I meant. I meant your hood's monster.
1: (laughs) (laughs) no, that's not what I meant.
0: (laughs) So pedantic. (laughs) Um... So anyway, they, they, Al and Eileen have met in the past minute or two. And so yeah. they do the normal thing, which is start talking about how you want a big family and how <laughs> you're scared that at 35, yeah. 36 years old, you're not going to be able to do that in time. They have a little sidebar leaving Tim and Jill in the living room doing not much. And yeah. yeah, they're they're kind of hovering over the kitchen island saying, you know, I wish there was a way that we could just skip all that uh, that nonsense. Because at this age, I just want, you know, I feel like time's running out. Yeah. Um, and this leads Al to just dive right in. Yeah, he says, "I would love to be the father of your children." <laughs> and immediately, uh, Jill is like, "Whoops! Yeah, uh, maybe I'm not so good at <laughs> reading people." And uh, yeah. and Tim says something like, "Well." Can we have dinner first? <laughs> I love it. Yeah, and that's what we end the, that scene on. Yeah. Um, also, just to quickly, to jump back very quickly, to clue yeah. into Al's desperation here. He reveals, uh, talking to Tim backstage at Tool Time earlier, uh, that his that his dad was 60 when he was born. Yeah. So Al has this big thing about, like, he's 35 now. He doesn't want to be an old dad. He wants to be able sure, to like, yeah. play with his kids. There seems to be a recurring theme on this show of uh, the men living in the shadow of their fathers. Yeah. Yeah. Well, on a show that's about masculinity and Iron John and all that, stuff, <laughs> yeah, right. I guess it would make sense. Well, it's, you know? it's just it's, yeah, it's a cool little uh, through line. You know, we think back to last season where there's a will, there's a way, and Tim is uh, lamenting on, um, you know, the being the same age as his father when his father was fa- uh, dying. Yeah, you know that he, you know, was worried about that, and I, I feel like you know. Randy not wanting to be his father in uh, Love "Loves a Many Splintered Thing." Or no, 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 what were the mother Mother's Day episode? So oh, uh, anyway, yeah. it's just kind of interesting to see it kind of play to build or not to build. Yeah, there uh, you go. to have it continue that way. Yeah, with yeah. all of the male characters. Yeah, that every except Wilson. So far, we don't know anything about Wilson. Yeah, dad. right. Yeah, <laughs> uh, he's his own father. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, but not, but. You Gross. No. Oh, wait. Yeah, no, we met his a, mom. It's impossible. Ew. Yeah. Uh, she, she's my sister and my father. I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm not even trying with the jokes. I'm just kind of saying the first dumb thing that comes to mind. I, I apologize, listeners. Um, so, anyway, we cut to uh, Jill and Tim at home arguing. Yeah, coming, directly coming home from Al's place. Yeah, and they've kind of reversed positions on this now. Tim is like, yeah, they both seem equally desperate. This is a great match. Yeah. Good for you. And Jill is like, no, 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 they're moving too fast. I'm going to call Al and yeah. tell him. And they start this little run around fight where she has the, the receiver in her hand and she's, you know, trying to call and dial his number and Tim keeps hanging up on him. The, this scene was really good. I like this a lot because it's like, she picks up the, the landline phone. Well, what other line do yeah. they have? It's 1993. <laughs> she picks up the phone receiver and it's like, at the edge of the kitchen, and there's like this kind of wall hallway thing. Yeah, and Tim is chasing around trying to get her to like, Tim is hanging up the phone. She's like going around st- stringing the cord around this thing. They're chasing each other kind of around in yeah. circles while they're arguing about this. It's a very good kind of rapid fire, uh, uh, quippy bit that yeah. I liked with some good physical comedy with this thing. But it's it, it's it further exemplifies Jill not getting this aspect of that she's so terrible at this, yeah, uh, because like. Jill, you got them into the situation, and you meddling further is only going to make it worse. Yeah, you yeah, know? like telling him, "Hey, I know you're in love with this woman you just met for kind of irrational reasons. You should break up with her. Yeah. That's not gonna, that's <laughs> not gonna work, bro." Yeah, but you know what? This just rounds out Jill's character. It's one of her, like you know, no one perfect is, uh... No one perfect is, No one perfect said Yoda. is perfect. Yeah. Uh, you need flaws. You know, I, I feel like the imperfections are what make us lovable. So, I this agree. is Jill's flaw. She she can't help but fall victim to her own meddling. And it all comes from the right place. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which I think is basically the point that, uh, Wilson makes in the very next scene. Yeah, exactly. We go to the backyard. Uh, Wilson is a painter. I, I guess a painter and a profligate waster of bourbon. He is... <laughs> He's got a bottle of bourbon and he yeah. is spritzing it onto the paint, yeah, for to give it a, a lacquer finish or something. I don't know. And, and he says something about how the Mona Lisa had a layer of whiskey Tren- on it Trenson too. Trenson, whiskey, yeah. Did they were did they even have whiskey in Italy during the Renaissance? Uh, I'm sure they did. I, I I don't know if that fermenting, I don't even know if Italy. <laughs> Would Italy have whiskey? I mean, do they even grow the shit that you need to make whiskey? you can import it. I guess. I guess it was an advanced maritime culture. I don't even really know anymore. (laughs) Um, I guess, you know, this is yet... We've stumbled into yet another subject area that I don't know anything about. Yeah, Um, But he gives this advice to Tim that, you know... Or he starts to explain that, you know, actually, men were the primary matchmakers back in the day, and goes into the whole spiel about, you know, goods for services and setting up marriage uh, arrangements through, like, they give you this many satchels of grain for, you know, this marriage arrangement. Yeah, yeah, and he, you know, Tim has been, Tim has been so upset about this, but this kind of makes him reconsider it, like, okay, you know, and and... Also, Wilson is is explaining <clears> that, that Jill does have good intentions. She just wants to help Al out, and right. so Tim kind of takes this under consideration and yeah. seems to get more at peace with it. And the whole scene kind of ends in a untypical, uh, not so typical Wilson way, where he's like, um, "Tim goes, well, what, what's in? What do I take from this?" And Wilson's like. I don't know. Women. Yeah. Am I right? Like eh. Eh. Nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Yeah. Nudging him through the fence, the <laughs> fence like bends for him to do that. I, I mean, yeah, Tim comes out there complaining about like, ah, I just don't, uh, women. And, and they're always gotta be meddling and setting people up. And, and Wilson goes, ah, Tim, I think you're, uh, forgetting the culture and history of matchmaking. And traditionally it was men who did the matchmaking and all yeah. of, and all of that chiding him. And then it ends with him going like, Hey man, women, who knows? <laughs> um, this takes us inside yes. where we revisit Mark's uh, through line. Mm-hmm. He has uh, set up uh, his prank, which is to he's written a new letter mm-hmm. uh, from Isaiah Thomas to himself that yes. Jill will say, you know, um, say that they got in the mail today. Yeah. And um, it's uh, Mark has a line here that uh, I really hope that they continue to push for his character. Cause uh, he hands a letter to Jill saying, I got this. I I got this idea. Mm-hmm. Uh jill's like oh you pulled a prank um he's like this is only the beginning <laughs> slides his sunglasses on rides off in a convertible yeah <laughs> uh yeah it's it's you see our, the the randy side of mark coming yeah. out here his taste for vengeance and i, I like this idea kind of a, uh randy and mark are caught in this endless loop of fighting throughout their entire life kind of like the accountant where uh, yeah. it's ben affleck and uh who was his brother in that movie I did not see the accountant. oh you didn't see okay, okay. Well, well, well yeah we're there an endless loop of fighting yeah well, kind of I mean they both go in different directions and end up having to fight each other and uh, mm. I guess spoiler alert for the accountant if I, anyone's interested in that movie I I'm mean, not super stoked on Ben Affleck so I, I, I don't okay. mind him too much but that movie's not that great yeah well, uh, I would say there are many others you can watch before you get to that point yeah. okay cool Batman versus Superman so Mark goes out in the backyard he's given this letter to Jill and he talks to He's he's talking to Brad and Randy about like how excited he is for Isaiah Thomas to come over that night, yeah. and then Jill pokes her head out the door and says, "Oh, oh, there's another letter here from Isaiah Thomas." And Mark jumps up and runs in, and yeah. Brad and Randy look at each other and then jump up and run <laughs> inside do it. too. What I who would equate to like uh, that moment where Tim and Al. Uh, do the salute and then yeah. run off camera real quick. Yeah, it was basically that yeah. <laughs> they they like run into the, the house real quick and then trying to look real nonchalant about it. The, the apple does not fall far <laughs> from the tree. A big <laughs> a big running gag on this show is people running into a space and trying to look nonchalant. <laughs> uh, so they um, you know Jill reads this uh, letter out loud yeah. uh, to to them from quote unquote Isaiah Thomas saying, uh, hey, you know, I'd, I want to invite you and your family to come to my next game. Mm-hmm. You'll have courtside seats. Afterwards, you can come into the locker room and hang out with me, and All I'll right. give you a signed game ball. And Brad and Randy are going nuts. Tim hears this, and Tim is going nuts. Tim, who is not in on this prank, it seems. <laughs> and, uh, Which I kind of love that little touch to it. Because yeah. he gets, you know, when uh, uh, they find out that uh, Jill, or Jill finds out that Brad and Randy wrote the first letter they kind of confess in this moment yeah they're they're like like whoa i don't believe it wait like we we wrote the first one but this is real or and something then like, she's like oh you wrote the first one then you wrote this one too and they yeah. rips it in half and they all yeah. freak out and she uh start digging through the trash after she throws it there and even tim is like what are you doing you crazy yeah yeah because like it says in the letter like present this letter at the game yeah. to get in for free <laughs> so they're they're freaking out and then uh and then they do, and then they admit, like, ah ha ha! No, we pranked you. That's all it was. Yeah. Ah, and Tim is, and Tim immediately goes like, "Yeah, yep, yep, it was a joke all along." I was in <laughs> on it. I knew it. And then, Mark, Mark, very politely goes uh, after Brad and Randy run upstairs. He pol- very politely asks his parents, "Can I go rub it in their faces?" <laughs> yeah, and she and and she goes, "Yes, you can." And he says, "Thank you." <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna say this is twice now. There has been revenge on Brad and Randy for pranking yeah. Mark. And both times, it never goes far enough. Like the <laughs> first time, yeah. it was like, oh, you were freaked out that you thought you ain't tadpoles for a second in your tadpole <laughs> soup. And this time, it was like, oh, no, for like two seconds, you thought that there was a basketball game you were going to go to, but you're not. Yeah. I, I was expecting like, oh, okay, so they're gonna actually go to the arena <laughs> and no one's and they're gonna send them in and get pranked. Like, yeah, the, he lets them off too easy. This is not a reciprocal. This is not a good prank. Yeah, no, not at all. Shame on you, Mark. Uh, Stop being well, such a sap. Well, it's his first prank. I give him a little bit of this, little little wee way leeway. He's we, been, is we is what I said. Uh, <laughs> Chile, the country. He has been he's been getting pranked so much. I would expect him to have picked something up from there. You I'd go. Expect him to learn. Um, but this uh, so. Jill, one more time, implores Tim to talk to Al about mm-hmm. uh, slowing things down between him and Irene. Yeah, um, He was supposed to talk to him. He's like, I'll do it uh, at sets a day. Cut to their recording on Tool Time. Tim has not said anything yet. Yeah. Uh, they're talking to a, a gentleman about the his hubcap collection. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's hobby <laughs> week, you know. I mean, it's a, an entire wall of hubcaps um it seems like the they spent a lot of time getting this you know in the door i mean uh, an entire whatever yeah um well and he talks about how his wife gave him an ultimatum it's me or the hubcaps so he yeah. chose the hubcaps and tim's like well uh chose the Made thing the right we all would have cho- chosen and then l latches onto this moment to go you know what i i I'm going to take a moment to, to do... I'm going to pull a Tim here, and I'm going to, I'm going to speak to the camera for a second. I want to, yes. I want to address my, uh, my special lady. So he walks right up face first to the camera <laughs> in an uncomfortably close way and ends up proposing yeah, he- marriage... He says like I Irene the Doctor Irene Kleinbaumstein or whatever the so, hell her last name is. A little discretion, dude. Don't put someone's full name out there. Oh, okay. I'm sorry to dox her like that. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, yeah. But he, yeah, he says her full name. Yeah. Will you, uh, will you marry me? Or I'd like to propose your hand. Something like he gives this whole extensive thing. Yeah. And Tim basically has to yank him off camera like a vaudeville show. Uh, and there's also a moment I want to just draw attention to of like. Trying to recontextualize uh, what's happening on this show versus where we are in 2018, but maybe don't compare women to tools. Don't compare women to tools, and yeah, <laughs> don't ever propose to any woman that, publicly that yeah. at a sporting event on TV. Not okay. Don't unless put you that know she's gonna be into it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but even then, it has to be like her say, like it has to be one of those things where you're like both agree, like yeah, we're gonna get and get. Look, we picked out a ring together. Yeah, but I right. want you to ask. I think me. there are exceptions. If, if for some reason you know that you want to get married, you've had that conversation, and you are planning something that say you're going to be at a podcast taping of her mm-hmm. favorite podcast, and you know that it's going to be something that she's going to be receptive to, then maybe yes. So publicly proposing on your own show after one date, yeah, clearly don't. So, but basically what we're saying is if your girlfriend is a fan of grunt work, (laughs) talk to us. We want to make this happen. (laughs) We got to get a live show first, buddy. Well, yes. So anyway, Tim pulls Al off screen. Yeah. Says, "What are you crazy?" Al says, "Crazy in love." Beyonce. Right. Well, Beyonce. This this woman nearby he wants to put a ring on it. This <laughs> this woman nearby like like picks up a phone and dials it and says, "Hey Beyonce, it's your sister, Marissa Knowles. You know that new song you're looking for? Well, listen to this." And then holds it out and has Al say it again. <laughs> anyway (laughs) oh man uh so the actually i guess this backstage conversation is where al reveals that his father was 60 when he was born yeah right i had that mixed up in my head i'm sorry you deserve better audience (laughs) um but he explains that as the source of his desperation Mm -hmm. and tim just basically convinces him like look you got to take things slower like uh, this whole thing where he compares women to tools and says like you know you're when you buy that belt sander you didn't just buy the first one you saw you went to a couple hardware yeah, stores right. and you left it there overnight that sort of stuff yeah absolutely and um he actually convinces L like oh, oh maybe you're right maybe i'm moving too quickly mm-hmm. but what am i going to do the the show's going to go live in a few or it's going to go it's going to air in a few hours which tells me Tool times not a live show no it's so a- they they do have room to edit <laughs> things it's it's not a live show except when it is a live show when they have Bob Vila on and and Jill has to call in and Tim is knocking on the camera in real time Uh, very inconsistent there Um, (laughs) two thumbs down but uh, Tim's like don't worry I've got an idea Mm -hmm. Um, and then we get another uh, another another hit off of uh, the Tim Taylor Band-Aid solution Uh, track track seven (laughs) off his third album Where we we get the answer to what he's gonna do, uh, because the next scene cuts to home, and uh, he and Jill are watching the episode of Tool Time on the couch. Yeah, and uh, the second that the the moment comes up when Al goes to propose, he goes, uh, Doctor Irene Orthodontist, blah blah blah. I would like to propose that uh... we got dinner together on Tuesday night. <laughs> it's like Tim's voice dubbing in over his, yeah, over Al's voice. Um, and even that alone is weird. Why wouldn't you just cut that whole thing out of the episode? And then Tim sabotages the rest of the episode by continuing this redubbing thing with a oh, awful Godzilla, Godzilla uh... joke. And it's just like, I don't even think that was funny in 93. No, I, like, and also, even if it was funny in 93, they've done that like three or four times. On now. this show, yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah I, it's like something in Tim Allen's mind. Like, that, to him, just stuck. Like, that's one of those yeah. things that he finds next-level hilarious. Yeah. Um, and I, it's, it's, it's up there with mother-in-law jokes and meatloaf jokes to me. I'd say it's below both of those. Like, the, some of the mother-in-law jokes, <laughs> even though they're crude, sometimes it's yeah. like, okay, well, there's some humor to that. This is yeah. just like, yes, d- dubbed uh movies uh look weird yeah. and a lot of them come from Japan okay <laughs> there you go a lot of the japanese uh, godzilla movies were dubbed in english badly for quick profit yes um yeah yeah I, it's like why are why are you dragging them for trying to make their movies more accessible <laughs> to americans like you know oh man there's no subtitle jokes on this show so day class a and this takes us to uh yet another joke that falls pretty flat uh of isaiah thomas writing mark uh so this is our stinger of the episode yes uh isaiah thomas is responding to mark's letter for real this time yes um and his wife calls off camera hey dinner's ready uh your corn is getting cold yeah and it's super short he has two lines and that's the end of the scene, and we immediately go into the outtakes, which is the same exact scene, and I was so discombobulated by that. Yeah, they, I really didn't like... Like, they didn't have any funny bloops. <laughs> the best thing they... Like, it's him sitting there writing it, and the yeah. woman calling to him from off screen, and then Tim running in and being like, hey, you're on the cob, you gotta come get it. We come got on, some pimentos." Yeah. And, and Isaiah Thomas just losing his shit. This up. is the funniest thing. Now, I have... I mean, where do you fall in this episode for the first thing? I fall on the side of this episode not being so great. Um, yeah, it, it, it's another floater for me. Yeah, there were some really, like, again, it's like, why did Isaiah Thomas have to be a part of it? Like, why couldn't there be, if you had Isaiah Thomas willing to do a guest bit, have that be its own episode yeah. with the prank and have this episode focus all in on Al. Yeah. Like, wh- what is this notion that you need to have a B-plot? Lots right. of shows don't have B-plots. A lot. Of, I mean, I think that was pretty standard for sitcoms of the time, but, um, that, you know, that is true. I don't feel like either one is really strong, because we don't get any closure with the Irene storyline here. Uh, we don't even know that Tim's solution did anything i mean yeah uh we don't know how al feels about it we don't know how irene feels about it we don't know if they're still together if they're not the the last thing we see of irene is her just kind of silent reaction to al saying he wants to be the father (laughs) of her kids yeah we hear she has one scene in this movie yeah in this episode i yeah like we hear like we hear a lot about her to indicate Mm -hmm. that she is desperate too and she says some things that point that way but like we for for someone who's kind of the driving force behind this episode, we yeah. don't see her much at all. Yeah, so, absolutely. There's another one where it was like, when the whole marriage proposal thing happens, I was like, ah, okay, so the end of the episode is going to be them sorting this out, yeah, meeting up right. with her again. For, it's like, oh, Kind of like oh, read no. a Post, where they're yeah. on the tool time set after dark, and they're yeah. like, well, uh, this is why I was acting so weird. How about just a regular date? Yeah. Right uh doesn't play out that way it doesn't play out anyway no <laughs> uh and i have a i have a, a theory okay what's your theory um it's the same theory as last season where uh andy Cadiff had taken over the reins and we got a few slumpy episodes in a row um i don't know if you remember uh i had mentioned that beginning with this season we have a new showrunner oh Elliot Schoenman Mm -hmm. uh, has taken over, and it does feel like it's messing the formula up a bit. It feels like they are trying to skate by on familiarity with the characters, but Mm -hmm. everything is just not quite as strong as it should be. Yeah. Um, And because Tim's hyper-masculinity character just doesn't play too well in 2018 these episodes aren't quite doing much for me now yeah there's not a lot to skate on in 2018 with these episodes yeah the character itself was kind of flimsy in the first place and now it's problematic too yeah i mean but and it's funny to say because these aren't haven't even really been super hyper masculine episodes yeah in fact i i've been on tim's side for i think both of them now yeah i know actually Um, yeah But, uh, yeah, so that's just my theory, that the new showrunner is uh, struggling to make his mark or keep things uh, on task or whatever. And and just like the Taylor family is struggling to make their mark a little bit less gullible. (laughs) Uh, I really hope that things pick up quickly, because I would hate to have this entire season be a slog but I, and we were worried about that last season yeah and, you true know, there's there's strikes and gutters and ups and downs and you know to everything turn 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 right uh, and you know what time we gotta a plant a time to sow <laughs> a time to love uh and time to it. grow yes uh we have to be arbiters of truth you know yeah we, we aren't going to sugarcoat all of our commentary here so you know what i i'm i'm gonna do um, what I heard Tom Cruise's acting technique is, which is, however he's feeling in that moment is how he plays the scene. So if I'm, if is, that, I'm is that acting or is yeah. that just being? <laughs> don't we all strive for a, a a sense of being? Oh wow, that's deep. There you go. So uh, you know what? If I don't like an episode, I'm just gonna. If this if this gets to be a slog, man. Hey man, let's slog it together. Uh, we're gonna slog it together. We got we're each all other. gonna get through this. Yeah. Um, It'll and, take and years. We'll, we'll we'll do what we got to do. Yeah. I mean, it's not like these were bad episodes. No, I mean, They're both just... had, but like, there were there was, a, you know, the moment with them on the phone in this, I think, was more sophisticated than a lot of the other bits mm-hmm. on the show in the past, just in terms of how they were rapid-fire dialogue and physical comedy playing out at once, them kind of wrapping around that thing. So yeah. there's there's good little nuggets in there, and eventually they will have enough uh, good nuggets to make a meal. <laughs> well, speaking of the nuggets, um, why are, don't are, you take do you us food for me? Oh. into the Grunt Count? Oh, yes. Well, the Grunt Count is a quick one. It is one. Whoa. So, wait, we had ten last uh, episode. Yep. And one this episode. Yep. Um, This seems like it's off to a slow start. It's off to a weird start. It's off to a, like... Weird, yeah. Yeah, like, it's a... I mean, it's not as weird as having no grunts in an episode. But, yeah, it's... <laughs> right. uh, it, yeah, I don't know. This one, he does it one time in the backyard with Wilson. It's... What it suggests to me is that there is still not, like... There's still not a producer there saying like, hey, we need to be grunting X amount of times per episode, which right. we laugh, but I'm sure that's a thing a producer would say sure. and perhaps does say to them at some point yeah. in the future. But uh, yes. We get their quota of uh, their equivalent of a catchphrase, essentially. Seriously. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. We did get a, I don't think so, Tim, in this episode. That is true. That is true. And and their variation on back the truck up. But, <laughs> right. Which but, has been in every episode of the season. Yeah, I know. Well, it, it's a low bar when there's only two of them. <laughs> yeah. Um, Uh, well, here we are, uh, two episodes into season three, um, do you have any predictions about where we're heading? I mean, where are we heading? Uh, I, I think... Maybe we're heading towards a future where Mark is less gullible, simply because as he gets older, they can't keep playing that same thing. Clearly, the writers are tired of it. Yeah, and I think we're at an age with the boys where they are going to grow pretty rapidly. I would bet that by the end of the season, they're going to look different than the beginning of the season. We'll probably get a new opening credits halfway through. (laughs) Uh, That would be kind of awesome. Yeah, you laugh, but I think it will happen. There's going to come a point (laughs) when the boys hit, hit a certain level of puberty, and they have to deal. Um... Yeah, I agree, and we are in agreement. Oh man, there's <laughs> there's one catchphrase that nobody gets tired of. <laughs> um, well, do you have anything else you want to cover for this? I we've covered everything from from. Uh, uh... From apples to X comics. If we didn't talk about apples, I just couldn't think of anything else at the beginning of the alphabet. Um, Okay, well, uh, you can find all sorts of information on today's episode and more, which is on our website, which is www.gruntworkpodcast.com. And uh, while you're there, why don't you sign up for our weekly newsletter? Why Uh, don't you? Seriously, uh, why don't you? you Yeah, I mean, a lot of people have. Oh, thank you. That's cool. (laughs) Uh, I'm sorry I called you guys asses that's the best way uh, to be notified of new episodes Um, get the show notes directly in your inbox Uh, very quick and easy links to things that we're doing Um, on our website we've also launched a merchandise page uh, which is curated with all kinds of home improvement and Tim Allen uh, material so if you are looking to get uh, Tim Allen's signature stuff line i.e. the uh, clock project kit where you can put together a clock project um a clock not a clock a (laughs) clock project project manage (laughs) (laughs) your kids (laughs) putting together a uh, model clock prepare yourself for middle management (laughs) you can get that on our website uh to fill out your home improvement collection um but it'll also help support our show um win-win yeah and And you know what time it is (laughs) there you go maybe that is why that that makes sense yeah um if you enjoy our show, you can share it, uh, wherever you would like, uh, on all the social media places on the street corners. If you want to, you know, if you, if you're on that decline to, um, insane, uh, street corner shouter, yeah. you know, or um, insane clown posse. Why don't you work grunt work into your, your insane rhetoric that you're screaming from the, the corner sides or, or screaming into, into your
1: microphone, at a <laughs> weird, uh,
0: festival full of fago soda bean sprayed on people. Um, because, you know, every time that you share us Oh, well every time you share us, we'll be the father of your children. <laughs> well, don't I'm not. Nope, <laughs> nope, we're committed to it. We're committed to it. Ladies, you hear it? Son of a bitch. We're not gonna no, we are not gonna raise those kids. We're not gonna be financially oh, we'll just responsible. Be the father. We are we are the look, we're just we're just an end run around the sperm bank is what i'm saying but <laughs> okay you know i like that we, we don't you know we, we don't do hard drugs we didn't go to you know we went to college we're all right <laughs> oh man uh you can also follow us on all of those social media places which is at grunt pod um and with that i've been lanon solano i've been truman caps and remember if the podcast you're listening to is an in-depth examination of an unsolved murder then you're not listening to grunt work <laughs>